it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk here on News Talk 1400 DWS with you until... Six o'clock as usual on this Monday night show. 356-9397 is the telephone number. Matt Daniels, sports editor of the News Gazette, is here. How are you doing, Matthew? Doing well, Steve. How are you? Doing well. Bob Osmussen, in from football practice. How's it going? I'm good. You're good? Sure. Scott <laughs> Scott Ritchie <laughs> here as well. Are you good as well? Is it unanimous? Yeah, we'll just we'll make it three for three. I All think right. both Bob and Scott are dealing with the wonderful effects of a August cold. That's I am. You I don't know yeah, Scott. I'm I'm pushing through. The weekend was a little rough, but <laughs> I'm the here. Boss, it's Monday. The boss ready likes to, go. to say suck it up. So we're sucking it up. He does. It's true. Is that what you say, Matt? No, that's no, not me. That's Jim the big boss. boss. Okay, the big boss. The boss over all of us. <laughs> We're going to talk some Illinois football, Illinois basketball, whatever else might be on your mind. Again, the phone line open, 356-9397. Lou Henson gets another Hall of Fame induction tonight in Norman, Oklahoma. We'll learn more about that. Lauren Tate is with the traveling party, and we'll check in with Mr. Tate about 530. There's a press conference going on as we speak. For the uh, Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame. Oh, it's another great honor for uh, for Coach Lou Henson and, and well-deserved and uh, the pride of OK Oklahoma and everything that he's accomplished in his illustrious career. It's great to see him be honored for this. Great to see him be able to travel uh, down to Oklahoma and enjoy the fine company of his family and Lauren. And uh, I'm more intrigued to hear about Lauren's travel adventures than, than anything else. But uh Another great honor for uh, for Coach Henson and, and well deserved. It's great to see a, a guy who's given so much to college basketball and uh, you know his home state as well be uh, be recognized. And it's a pretty uh, illustrious Hall of Fame too. It's not just a uh, a bunch of no names. There's some big names in that Hall of Fame, and I think Bob Stoops is going in in this class and, and a handful of other uh, household names. So uh, great to see for for uh, Lou Henson. He's got a pocket full of Hall of Fame inductions, yeah. that's for sure. And this is uh, the, the latest. And we'll learn more about that uh, when we check in with Lauren Tate at the bottom of the hour. Illinois football into week number two, Bob, of uh, practice. I think, what, eight or nine practices in the books now so far? And, okay. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's a Big Ten football team in Champaign, Bob. Correct. I've seen them. I've, I've watched them. They, they look like, like they're trying, so that's good. So what are some of your observations after the first full week and a week and a few days of practice? I think Scott would concur with us. The quarterback situation is pretty much settled. You agree, Scott? Yeah, Ooh, I mean, Lovey Smith hasn't yeah, he hasn't come out and said not Brandon is my quarterback. Right. <laughs> but uh, and won't. Reference in Brandon Peters, the transfer from Michigan. Right. Yeah. So you're saying he's going to be the starter on August 31st, second tackle? No doubt. Well, if we base it all on practice number nine today uh he got all of the first team reps so or at least i don't know 90 percent of them so i would say brandon peters is the guy 
Right. No question. And that's that's important because I think it's it helps the team rally around a guy. I I think coaches say, oh, it doesn't matter. Well, of course it matters because when Kurt Kittner was Kittner was here, the team knew he was the guy. They followed him along. With when Juice Williams was here or Nathan Shellis, they followed him. So I think you need that guy, and I think Brendan Peters. Maybe not comfortable and in that role of kind of rah rah guy, but I don't think it matters as long as he throws the ball well and runs when he's supposed to. Yeah, that's gonna be the interesting thing, just to see how he, how mobile he is, and how much that uh, part of his game, which hasn't been utilized at all, and in, in college, and that's a product mostly of of Michigan's system and and his lack of playing time with the Wolverines as well. But how much that will be used by Rod Smith, just because of the successful quarterbacks that he's had under his watch as an assistant coach and as an offensive coordinator have been guys that have been able to be a dual threat guy. So it'll be uh, an adjustment to, to see what role Peters has, but Rod Smith kind of downplayed those notions the first day of training camp and said, you don't, it's a misnomer. You don't have to be a, a guy that runs to be a successful quarterback in his offense. And it looks like Brandon Peters is going to get every chance to, to prove that's true. And Along those lines, if that is the strategy, then it gives Isaiah Williams a little more time to, to kind of figure things out, maybe with not as much pressure, Bob. Yeah, that that makes sense, actually. Perf- I said earlier I would start Isaiah because I figured why not. But I think it, the more I look at it, I think what they're doing is going to be smart for Isaiah most, more than anything because they get, he's going to have four games he can play for sure. And probably won't redshirt, I wouldn't think. So I think we'll get an early in the first game because, because they're going to kill Akron, okay? Let's put that at 44-10, 44-3, I don't know. But they're going to kill Akron. So once you kill Akron, then Isaiah comes in and comes, starts the third quarter, whatever. They'll get him in there. We'll know pretty soon if he can play or not. Well, I think that's the important thing is, is for Illinois to get off to a good start against Akron in the season opener and, and let – you know the chance for Isaiah Williams to to play maybe not in some meaningful snaps but to get him some game experience at all and that hasn't been the case the last two season openers for the Illini they struggled to beat Kent State last year in a close game throughout and in 2017 they needed Jamal Milan to block a field goal at the end to, to stave off Ball State so they haven't had a route in the home opener since 2016 Lovey Smith's first game when they just took uh, Murray State to the woodshed there and uh, everyone was kind of able to play in that game and for an offense that is, you know, knows what it has at the running back spot, but there's significant questions at the quarterback spot, uh, I think it'd be good for them to not have a close opener uh, against Akron and, and let, uh, you know, let Isaiah Williams play, let Matt Robinson play, see what they can bring to the field and, and gain some confidence for moving forward the rest of the season. They should not have a close game until September 21st. This should not be a close game. Illinois should beat those first three teams by – Three touchdowns to base. Every game should be 21, 21 points or more. I'm, I just don't see them, any of those teams, being able to hang with Illinois at all. And Illinois is not great, but they're better than those teams are. So they should beat them. They start, start 3 0 for the first time since, what, 2009, 10, 2011, 11, maybe? 11 maybe? Yeah. Of course, that didn't end well. <laughs> well, it did, actually. They won the bowl game, but it didn't end great for Ron Zuck. So if it looks like. The quarterback situation is, again, all kinds of things could happen mm-hmm. in the next three weeks. You, somebody could get hurt. Mm-hmm. That's know, true. Again, Good point. Somebody could get hurt in the first game or whatever. But if it's going that way, Scott Ritchie, what else about the offense or as far as question marks go 
in your mind this far? Would it be who the starting three or four receivers are or what? I mean, I think that's probably the biggest question entering uh, training camp just because how not productive that position group has been you know, for maybe a couple years. Uh, but Trevon Sidney has looked like a legitimate number one option, I guess. Uh, maybe a, a better receiver than Illinois has had in a while. Uh, some other guys are making plays. I mean, I think they, they have a lot of options at this spot. I'll just be curious to see which are the three, four, maybe five at, at times wide receivers that actually you'll see the field. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a walk-on involved. Uh, Donnie Navarro uh, continues to make plays. He's probably behind Sydney right now, kind of in that, that slot receiver spot, but it's hard to keep a guy off the field if he can catch the ball, which has been an issue for the Illini recently, and both Sydney and Navarro catch the ball when it's thrown to them. It seems like a simple thing, but uh, for a team that had drop issues constantly, it's a big deal. But so I think there's options there. Casey Washington's look really good as a freshman. Um, but I think the offense will still kind of be centered around the run game because and Reggie Corbin, a healthy Mike Epstein, Dre Brown, I mean, that's three pretty good options to have. And I didn't even count Rayvon Bonner, who's hasn't practiced yet. And then, you know, Jakari Norwood and Kenyon Sims, right? Uh, couple redshirt freshmen there that have looked pretty decent. That's another thing, too. We spent all this time in the offseason talking about the quarterback position and, and who can emerge and, and be that starter and, and be that guy, kind of be the face of the program. But you look at this Illinois offense, it's set up for success based on who's in the backfield for it. And you return four stars on the offensive line. That should help that unit significantly I mean you could look at a situation too they could beat Akron by 30 40 points and Brandon Peters maybe throws 10 or 15 passes because the run game is just dominant and Reggie Corbin has a great day Mike Epstein Dre Brown all get involved in in the action on the season opener and um, that'll be a huge boost you know for the offense and and maybe show Brandon Peters or Isaiah Williams or Matt Robinson that they don't have to go out there and throw 40 times and throw for 300, 350 yards. It can be a, a run-first offense, and that's what Illinois had success with last year was was running the ball, so I think it'll still be a huge focal point for Rod Smith's game plan moving forward. Yeah, but I mean, at some point, and Rod Smith has said this, Lovey Smith has said this, you have to be at least able to throw True. the ball. because That was a problem last year. Teams mm-hmm. will just put, I don't know, all 11 guys in the box <laughs> at some point against you, but so, you know, Brandon Peters is has the best arms, probably the best passer on the team. So that's could be a, a nice little wrinkle for the offense to have once teams figure out that oh yeah, the run game is still pretty good. We probably should you know defend against one that. one important important thing about the offensive line. They're not very deep, so one injury there could be really crippling for this team. It really could be, and I I think they've had some d- dinks and you guys. Bumped a little bit, but they've been smart about him. They've been putting him off the side, not letting him practice, not letting him get, get hurt. So I think that's critical. I, I, I think they have to have the five that they think they're going to have ready to go for the opener and beyond. And, again, fourth week of the season is really when it matters. But they have to have those, have those guys all in sync the whole year ready to roll. Otherwise, they're gonna, it's, it'll, be, it'll be a problem if you have a new quarterback 
and then I didn't matter who the running backs are. If the offense line is is a mess, you have a problem. Let's look uh, defensively, Scott. What have you seen defensively that uh, may have surprised you, may concern you, may be better than you thought? Whatever. What are some of your defensive thoughts? Well, after last year, uh, most of it's been probably better than I thought because mm-hmm. all my defense was, and this isn't going out on a limb, pretty terrible in 2018. Uh, but the secondary, you'll continue. I and it's hard to balance this in my head. It can't because, like, the secondary has made a lot of plays. And you know, picked off some balls, and like, I mean, is that like so growth you, on their part, or is I mean, or is the offense struggling? It's well, and you can talk about them having success throughout all fall camp, and then if they don't perform, and Akron's quarterback throws for three hundred and fifty yards, and the opener is all that for naught. Yeah, but the joys of training camp in this training camp moment, the secondary <laughs> has looked good. Presented by um, <laughs> Daley Harding is really it just seems to be involved. In every play, yeah, middle linebacker, um, a year after, you know, he wasn't always on the field. Well, that's Considering, great I mean, there, there's a lot of nickel sets last year, and not three linebackers, but he's looked good. Uh, probably most concerned about the defensive line still. I mean, there's right. numbers there, but I, I haven't seen, like, a lot of potential production. Yeah, and, and that's key, too, with, with Harding, if – uh, you know, he, he was a guy that came in with some highly touted expectations of former Michigan commit and, uh, you know, hasn't maybe been that consistent dominating presence that, that you want to see out of a linebacker. And, and when you think of a Lovey Smith based defense, middle linebacker is the position that, that comes to the forefront of your mind, given the successful, uh, production he had when he was coached at the bears. And if Harding can take that leap and really kind of not only be a leader production wise, but it, it seems to me he's got the potential to to kind of be a, a guy that m- most other uh, people on the defense can really rally around. Uh, that should should boost Illinois well because the Illinois defense has nowhere to go but up because there are only about two defenses worse than them last season uh, when it was all said and done. So, do you think the secondary is will be the strength of this, and is it a good thing if the secondary is the strength of a defense? I mean, I think it, it very well could be, particularly once they get everybody healthy because Sidney Brown hasn't practiced in, I don't know, five or six days probably, just dealing with a, an injury of some sort. Obviously, Lovey Smith's not real talkative about those types of things, but they've got options there, um, probably a little more depth at, at corner. But as good as they could be, it's not going to mean much if the defensive line – is giving up a bunch of rushing yards and maybe not getting pressure on the quarterback. And I think that's probably a concern. When Illinois has been really good, two things have been obvious. Pressure from somebody on the line, like in a big way. Merciless was a, Whitney Merciless was a great player. 16 sacks in 2011. That really makes a difference. And also the secondary... Ryan Sox teams were pretty good in the in the secondary. He had Vontae Davis. He had all these guys who are really good players. I think that makes a difference. So we're not talking about linebacker as much as we are up front and behind because that's kind of where really the game is going to be decided for Illinois this year. By the way, this is the final week that practices are open to the public. So if you want to see them, you can do it uh, yet this week. Tomorrow's practice is 10 to 12 again. Sure. I'll be there. Scott will be there. Yeah, it's I'll be there. 10 to 12. 
I won't. Tuesday, be. Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday, and Friday, and then four to six at Memorial Stadium on Saturday for the the last open practice. Matt's running uh, on a streak of uh, yeah, it's the first finding ways uh, not to be there. First year since 2012, I won't be at any uh, Illinois football training camp practices, and I'm sleeping okay at night. You're probably better for that. I yeah, would but say. what if Bob goes down with an injury? With well, I can always it's happened before. <laughs> I, yeah, I can always uh, fill in a pinch if there I need go. to. But you, you might need to step in. Um, as far as the kicking game goes, Bob, is that pretty well set? You Seems think? like sure as Danville kid, uh, starting character, that's kind of cool. What's I, his I, name? Caleb Griffin. Good. Thank you. What do you mean? <laughs> you What's just said name? Danville kid. Well, I'm, I'm saying <laughs> kind of generally a Danville kid is starting, so that's kind of – it's cool to have a it local is. guy. You know, a sample, you got a bunch of, I think, six guys, right? Local five. ties. Five. Five. Five guys. So that's pretty cool. But I think that's – he looks good, what I've seen – now, it's hard to tell because, again, when you get somebody come after, after you in a game, he's going to be nervous, I would think, the first game. But I, he's pretty set. And Blake is, every time, all I worry about him with, it, with him is not getting hit by one of his punts, which is pretty easy to have happen. Well, he, he might be the best punter in the Big Ten, Blake I would think. He's yeah, certainly he's got a strong leg. What about uh, Scott Ritchie, the guy's returning kicks? We don't know too much about kickoff returns yet, but we saw some guys back uh, in recent practices on, on punt returns, Sydney was one of them. Uh, Trenard Davis, Cumby, Jordan Holmes was, was also catching some punts. Yeah, I'd say Trevon Sydney's probably looked the best of that, of that bunch. Um, he catches the ball. That's the, that's the number, the, one, the number one priority probably for your punt returner is to hold on to the ball. But uh, I think if Kyron Cumby can show that he can do that consistently – He's probably, in my eyes, would be the the best option just because of how fast he is, and he's shifty too. I mean, he's not a very big guy at all. He's one of the smallest guys on the team, but uh, he's just hard to nail down. I think. Interesting. Uh, one of the drills they do with the punt return guys, and I think you had a picture in the Saturday paper. I think mm-hmm. a good close up picture of one of the punt return guys catching a punt with a football in each hand. Trying to catch a third football. Yeah, right. no, uh, Robin Schultz, our photo editor, yeah. uh, caught that photo last week, and, and that was in Saturday's paper, and that's always a, a fun drill to watch because the players take a lot of pride in it, and there's a lot of, uh, I'd say, team bragging rights on the line, and then if they can catch three, they want to catch four and right. keep uh, keep increasing until they, they can't uh, hold anymore. We'll talk to Illinois basketball. They're still in Italy. They'll be home on Wednesday of this week. They went 3-1 and one on that tour. We'll touch on that coming up as well. We need to take our first time out on Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll do it here on DWS as we approach the bottom of the hour. Back with more after this. It is 5.32, Monday Night Sports Talk. I'm with you until 6. Matt Daniels is here. Bob Osmussen is here. Scott Ritchie is here. I'm Steve Kelly. Glad you're listening this evening. Lauren Tate is with us on the phone in Norman, Oklahoma, on the uh, traveling squad <laughs> with the uh, Lou Henson Hall of Fame tour being uh, inducted into the Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame tonight. Mr. Tate, how you doing? Well, it's great. It's a great night. It's 100 degrees outside. <laughs> We're to be inside. And, um, you know, right now Bob Stoops is being uh, uh, interviewed uh, at the uh, – press conference and they're just winding up the press conference lou henson was on a little bit earlier and spoke for about five minutes along with mary and and uh losing good spirits for the thing he is in a wheelchair and uh he's in good spirit 
Well, who's out there with you? I know Kent Brown made the trip. Rod Cardinal. Uh, who else? Rod Cardinal. Bob. Yeah, Bob. Uh, uh, Jim Wright. We, we've got a, a crew of about uh, seven, I believe, along with Mary. Uh, and uh, we uh, we flew on a flight star plane. Uh, we were at 40,000 feet, by the way, and we were going 460 miles an hour. Didn't seem like it, but that's pretty fast, isn't it? We were here an hour and a half from Champaign to, uh, where else, in Savoy to uh, to Norman, Oklahoma. Lauren, this is Matt. What was uh, what was Coach, Hen- Coach Henson's reaction at all when he found out about this honor, or what was Mary's reaction when, when they found out that he was getting inducted into this, this Sports Hall of Fame in Oklahoma? Well, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I mean, that was some time back, and, of course, uh, Mary made all the arrangements with Flystar to fly flew out here and, uh, and, and had some empty uh, slots on the plane and invited a few of us to come along. I'm, I mean, he's thrilled by it. I mean, He's from OK, Oklahoma. He played for Connors uh, Junior College. And, of course, then he, he wanted to play for Hank I, but Oklahoma State and wasn't quite, he said, and I think it's probably accurate, he wasn't quite good enough. Iba was very, very uh, strong at that time and had great players. And so Lou went to New Mexico, and that's when he started his career at New Mexico State, became a high school coach there after he got out of college and went, went on from there. You mentioned uh, they had a little press conference and Lou was involved. What, what were some of the things Lou had to say? Well, Basically, just thanking everybody for the uh, opportunity to to be here and and uh, re, re, you know recalling his days at, at OK Oklahoma and and uh, you know the, the thing that's impressive about this is the people that he's be, moving in alongside. Let me tell you who the initial six people in the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. Let's start with Mickey Mantle. How's that? How about good. Jim Thorpe? How about Bud Wilkinson? How about Hank Iba? How about Carl Hubble and Jim and uh, Allie Reynolds, pitchers in the major mm-hmm. league? I mean, that's the, the, the original group. You got Warren Spahn, we got Barry Switzer, Johnny Bench, Daryl Royal, Pepper Martin. That's for you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Don Haskins. I mean, just a lot of great players. Uh, that uh, great athletes and great coaches and great uh, media people. Daryl Royal in the group, and and in this group. Uh, Lou's in there with uh, six others, including Patty Gasso, who is a four-time softball national champion at Oklahoma State. Or, I'm sorry, at Oklahoma, not Oklahoma State, Same at thing. Oklahoma. And, and uh, you know, a couple of major league players, Mike Moore, a pitcher for the A's, and Mickey Tettleton, Mickey Tettleton, who was a catcher in the majors. And I mentioned Bob Stoops earlier, and it's just a, it's an impressive group, and he's, and he's thrilled to be in there with them. Now you guys are going to end up uh, coming back tonight, right? Yeah, that's the plan. I hope it's not raining back there, but I hope I, I know we need rain. But uh, we're planning on flying back. Should arrive slightly after midnight. It's a really quick flight, as I mentioned to you, an hour and a half. And with the west uh, wind helping, maybe we'll get there even sooner tonight. Are you, are you going to be at Illinois? Around midnight. Are you going to be at Illinois football practice tomorrow, Lauren? I think so. I intend to be. I mean, I got till ten o'clock, right? <laughs> 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 You can't you can't I, sleep in that. anyway, so. That's right. I, six hours will do me tomorrow. Well, give but, uh, uh, Lou and Mary our regards, and uh, we're thinking about them, and that's that's quite an honor. I appreciate you taking time to visit with us, and we'll see you at practice tomorrow. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, we're at a nice place here. It's called the Riverwind Hotel and Casino. So, Steve, I plan to win some money and share it with you when I get back. Okay, <laughs> that's uh, that's on the air. That's history. Now that you've said that. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, half of nothing is nothing, right? <laughs> that sounds like a, a good title for a song. We'll, we'll write that while we're at it. 
All right, Lauren, thank you. Thanks for calling, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Talk Lauren. To you later. Lauren Tate in uh, Norman, Oklahoma, with Coach Henson and Mary and the rest of the gang, Rod Cardinal, Kent Brown, among others, for the Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame induction. Quite an honor for Yeah, it is. And, and you know, 2015, uh, Lou was inducted into the – uh, national, it wasn't the, the Hall of Fame out in Springfield, but it was a college basketball Hall of mm-hmm. Fame out in Kansas City. And, uh, you know, it was quite an honor for him to, to be involved in that. And you'd have to think at some point in time he, he's going to get that, that call for you know, the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame out in Springfield, Massachusetts. At least Illinois fans hope so. And uh, it's just great that he's able to, to go there and uh, given all the health struggles he's had throughout the years and, and that Mary's there to, to be with him and some close friends are, are, are able to accompany him as well. It's uh, a great night, great, uh, great honor for him. And, uh, you know, it's, again, I can't emphasize enough. It's just great to see him get recognized for, for everything he's done. College Basketball Hall of Fame, University of Illinois Hall of Fame, Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame now, New Mexico State. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, there's got to be more, but. Uh, he he needs the, uh, he needs the big one. Though. Yeah. He, and I he, think that's, I think that's appropriate. I think he should be in there. Actually, he should have been in there already. But hopefully they'll recognize that and get him in there. I agree. Moving up on 538, Monday Night Sports Talk. Back with more after this. Stay with us. As a small business. Monday Night Sports Talk rolls on at 541. Phone line is open. 356-9397 is the number if you'd like to join Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie, and yours truly. We're here for another 19 minutes or so. On this Monday night show, let's talk some Illini basketball. Scott Ritchie, they'll return from Italy on Wednesday. They were at the Coliseum over the weekend. There were some interesting uh, uh, photographs coming from uh, there. They're going to the Vatican City, I think. Is that was that today? That's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Today was sort of uh, an open day. Kind of see what you want to see in Rome. I know uh, all our. The NG Media correspondent, Zach Griffith, <laughs> uh, checked out the Spanish Steps and the Trevi Fountain and the Pantheon, so kind of hit the, hit the big ones in Rome before they, they do the Vatican City Tour tomorrow as a team. Yeah, so Zach, Zach Griffith's been a great asset for, for us in this last week or so, and pride of Fisher, Illinois, former walk-on former manager, who actually has been playing, he played in some of the games too at, at eight points. I yeah, think. well, he's the... On this trip, at least the backup center. Yeah. It's true. Rajon Trilly. <laughs> it's true. Uh, since there's no uh, Kofi Coburn. Well, he's trip. come through every day since uh, they arrived over there last week in Milan, and uh, he got his another diary entry in Tuesday's paper before his final one uh, comes in Wednesday's paper. So they won three out of four games. They won the first three, dropped the last game on Saturday, a 10-point decision to the uh, Netherlands B team just kind of run out of gas there down the stretch. You think should the panic button be hit pressed firmly now? <laughs> I don't know, like. So I think some people were freaking out because DePaul beat the Netherlands B team before Illinois played them, and then they just beat them again. DePaul beat the B team again. Did Nebraska play them? Nebraska went four and zero, but I didn't uh, see who. who I all don't they think they played the. I think there was one crossover team between the two. Uh, maybe the Gazada All Stars, whoever mm-hmm. they were. Uh, <laughs> But no, I, a piece of it's trivia just down there. Guys, it was the. <laughs> I mean, it was the fourth game in what five, five days. days. It was ninety-seven huh. degrees in the gym. They were shorthanded. I mean, I wouldn't put a lot of stock in a loss in August to a foreign national team you in Italy. No, but <laughs> uh, some people have. Uh, I guess take that what you want, but uh, I would put more into the fact that. 
Ayo DeSumo scored at least 25 points in three of the four games, and if he takes that, I don't know if he's going to average 25. That would be That'd above be and beyond, perhaps. But if he takes that next step in his game, maybe plays like a potential first-round NBA draft pick should, I think that might be one of the, the bigger factors uh, in Illinois' upcoming season. I know there's a lot of, you know, who's going to step up on the wing? Will Georgie and Kofi be able to play together? But I think if, if I would assume it was that much better as a sophomore, that could lead to more wins just in, in itself. Well, that was one of the disappointing things with the uh, visa snafu or whatever you want to call it with uh, Coburn and uh, and uh, Andres, Feliz. Andres Feliz not making it there. So we're having to wait a little bit longer to see how Kofi Coburn and Georgie might look together on the same court, how, how they might play together. Yeah, I mean, that was sort of like beyond the, the cool sightseeing and team bonding experiences. How those guys look together against somebody else is like a big thing with this trip, and yeah, obviously it didn't get to happen. So, uh, I mean, the schedule's not out yet, so I can't tell you when the uh, first game's going to be, but uh, whoever the exhibition game is against in early November, and that'll be the, the first look, I guess, live. And then, obviously, the big weekend in Arizona, the first weekend of the season. Netherlands B. How about that? Get a Bring rematch. him back. Get a, gotta take him out. Grudge match. Netherlands B, we're going to beat you. We're bringing him all the way over here for an exhibition game. That schedule, when the basketball team gets back, you would think I, it's I not too far behind. I certainly hope so. Like Ohio State just released their non-conference schedule today. Uh, other teams have been doing that throughout the last two months like i i know i'm not the only one that's like let's get this thing but i know a lot of fans are itching to see like what the schedule is going to be like when they may they can get to some games uh i just like to play in my season a little bit and we're in a strange twist football knows the schedule for like the next 10 years so that's i always that always troubles me about basketball why can't you tell me who the schedule is i want to know next year and the year after it's just because like scott said Plan my I, I feel like if we would play back each of like each show from mid August from the last like seven years, you'd have had that same line. Uh, absolutely, and I, I'm right too. <laughs> I'm right. It's well, it's gonna be interesting whenever Illinois does release their non conference schedule if they just do it at the same time the Big Ten releases all their just do it all at once just because it is getting so late in, in the game. But it's always an anticipated day uh, around here, and you'd have to think. They'd announce it maybe later this week, if not early next week. Cause or you just as soon as they get back from Italy. Yeah. It's like, here it is. And in terms of content, they should split it up. Let's do non-conference first and then Big Ten second. Fair enough. Because the Big Ten will all come out at once, though. Yeah. With, once well, the league unveils. Well, maybe they're waiting for Illinois to They think, may hey, be. <laughs> let's get this going. Well, the good thing is you know who the Big Ten opponents are, where those games are, just not times and all Times and dates. Yeah. Plus, I, I yeah. Just assume like, am I going to be driving to East Lansing in the middle of a snowstorm? Well, and also, we'll who, count on that. also who Illinois might be playing you know, early in the season in December, those two Big Ten games that seem to likely be the, the start of their, their conference play. We've got the phone lines open. Let's go to the phones. And Bob is with us. You're on the air, Bob. How's it going? Yeah, hi, Steve. Uh Whose fault was it that these two kids didn't get to go? I don't know that blame has been placed on any one person. And Illinois was not the only school that had a team in Italy that had similar situations. There were some other teams that were involved as well. So I don't know. I'm with Scott. I'm not sure you could put blame in any one particular place. Uh, 
the university worked with there's a, a group uh, that sets these trips up for all of these college teams and there's they have like a, a person on the ground in Italy that helps do this so there was clearly a miscommunication between those people and the university in terms of you know the exact paperwork uh, necessary for every member of the team to travel um, but it's it's a question that once Illinois gets back I think has to be asked because it was a missed opportunity for two of their players to you know enjoy this trip with their teammates so it, it's kind of it's a big deal so I'll be asking. How about they that? should send them anyway. Just send them. You know, go when they get their visas. Go ahead and go, guys. Go to Italy. Italy. Can you do that? That'd be awesome. Just make it a honeymoon trip for Andres. What, what, what goes on in your head, Bob? <laughs> I just, I'm just thinking. It's <laughs> unfair they didn't get to go. No, it I'm, is. I agree unfair, with that. It's horribly unfair. So let them go. Well, later. Especially because they they were practiced with them all throughout, right. and then they Crazy. they traveled with them from Champagne to Chicago, flew down to Miami, and then at Miami is when they. I don't know, the right. fact that they issue. were in Miami when this popped up, like because. Nebraska had a player on his roster that they knew they weren't going to get the the proper you know, travel documents in order for him to go with the team to Italy, and he like they knew it. He was in Lincoln, like he didn't travel. And right. there's some other teams that had similar situations where they didn't get to the airport and be surprised right. that this happened. So uh, it's it's a legitimate question. One I will ask, and we'll see what type of they, answer uh, I'll get. They might want a refund for whatever they had to pay for all that. Well, might want some money back. I don't know. Anything else, Bob, on the phone? Yeah, I just I went to the the scrimmage, and I was thinking it was a very smart move by Illinois to add the Atlantans or whatever it is movie at the end. You got little kids in there. You had a good crowd, and maybe some of those kids will be future Illini fans. Or, or players, more of the point. But, yeah, I think that's – I think any time you get people in that building, you should do it. So whatever it takes, show the Godfather in there. Show I whatever. don't know if that's a family <laughs> movie night, Bob. Fine. I've never seen it. I'd like to see it. You've never seen, never the, seen Godfather? the Godfather? No, it's so horrible. But, yeah, I think do something <laughs> like that. Anything – that building is the best building in camp and you've, in town. So I can't oh. get over the fact that, one, you've never seen The Godfather, then two, yeah. you suggest <laughs> Wait, that as a movie night <laughs> you, you at Memorial not, Stadium. You have not seen Die Hard, so lay off. That's you fine. Seen, you haven't seen I Die haven't Hard. seen a bunch of movies, probably. Uh, and so, Die Hard and Scott I'm still waiting on your. I'm still waiting to see your column that's going to be in the paper tomorrow. It's done, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bob, anything buy, else with you on the phone? Visa. Oh, thank you. Yeah, appreciate the call. Bob in the studio... <laughs> You you said you have a cold, right? I do. You on some kind of medication? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm actually not. I actually I have to be careful what I take. Actually, so I had to call the my doctors and say, can take can I take Tylenol? They said sure, I can take Tylenol. What did you say a few weeks ago, Bob? What's that? The what did he say? Where it was something so? You're gonna put a bubble over the whole the whole city? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, it was it bubble. was something. Oh, what, what we, need, we need Ed Bond to cue up what he said a couple weeks ago. Where I'm it, sorry, it was some saying that he said that was. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah, I don't I just put can't. my put much thought in anything coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I don't stop anything. I just let it go. So if it's, it sounds good in my head, it's coming out. Timing is everything. Timing is everything and everything. Timing is everything and everything, and it's right. I'm you can't right. dispute that. Can you? <laughs> can you argue that? No, you really anyway. can't. Some uh, recruiting news of sorts. Scott Ritchie, a basketball player named uh, Namari Burnett, picked his top five. Illinois was not in it today, right? 
Yeah, and I don't know that that was a super surprise. But they put um, some time in on him, didn't they? Yeah, well, and, and he's a former Morgan Park guard, yeah. played there as a freshman with Aotusumo, actually. Uh, won, won a state title with Morgan Park, then he uh, transferred out to California, prolific prep. So maybe the distance, it didn't help, but uh, his final five was Louisville, Oregon, Alabama, Michigan, and Texas Tech. A little of an eclectic group there, but... Um, before he announced his top five today, he already set up official visits to three of those schools, so Illinois' chances were narrowing uh, considerably. But uh, this, I guess, doubles the importance of guys like Adam Miller, DJ Stewart, to land one of those you know, really good combo guards in the 2020 class. Are you hearing anything else about uh, another transfer coming in that would sit and then have two to play that might be here Soon, well, yeah, can't we'll say play. it has to be soon because classes start right. in two weeks. Um, so. nothing official yet. Yeah, there's some when they're playing Holy Cross or somewhere there, yes. Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's, I think, still hundreds of players in sure. the transfer portal, most of which, uh, I mean, I don't think Illinois would take, but right, uh, there's still an open scholarship uh, to hand out for this coming season, so we'll see what happens there. And then there's still obviously some question marks around Bernard Kuma and if he will actually uh, get to Illinois uh, again. Two weeks till those, the school year starts, so that I think, I'm sure Illinois would like some clarity there. I'm sure Bernard Kuma would like some clarity. But sure. I guess we'll just wait and see. Is it a similar deal to Samba Kane last summer? Yeah, I think a little bit because if it was anything but academics related in terms of his eligibility, he would have been here and enrolled. So I would imagine that's probably it's, it. Indicates to me that there's something in his academic transcript that the NCAA eligibility center has questions about and. They keep asking them, and Illinois keeps providing answers and just hoping they find a, a resolution. 5.53, today was a big day for high school sports, fall sports, yeah. football practice, and practice for the other fall sports underway, right? Yeah, it, uh, it all got going uh, today on the high school football ranks. Teams could uh, could work out officially for the, the first time uh, with practices, no shoulder pads or anything like that, just, just jerseys and things like that, but um, I was at a practice down in Tolono at Unity. We'll have a story on the Rockets later this uh, this week. And Colin Lackis, our preps coordinator, was out at Judah Christian. He's on his way to Schlarman right now, so we'll kind of have a look at uh, eight-man football locally in, in Tuesday's paper. But uh, we'll have previews on all 37 of our area high school football teams coming up uh, in the next two and a half weeks. And it's weird, but high school sports officially get, gets going on Thursday. There's a, a couple golf tournaments going on involving area teams, so the the school year is almost here. 5.55. We need to take one final break. We'll do that and be back with some final <coughs> words on this edition of Monday Night Sports Talk. Stay with us. A couple of minutes before 6 o'clock here on News Talk 1400 DWS, Monday Night Sports Talk. By the way, we're hitting the road. About that time. A week from tonight, we will be at uh, Scotty's Brewhouse. South Neal Street in Champaign. First of uh, back-to-back Monday night shows. It's our That's preseason tour. It is, yep. We're going to take a preseason tour around things. And uh, and then we'll be back in the studio on Labor Day for the show. And then for the uh, following week after that, the first uh, Monday in September, we'll be back at the Esquire. Yeah, we're, we're going to labor on Labor Day and then uh, see all the, the friendly faces that we usually see on, on Mondays. Uh from 
September through April and excited to, to get back there and see how everyone's doing and talk plenty of uh, Illini sports. The Scotty's Brewhouse next Monday and the Monday after, and then the Esquire first Monday in September. So uh, we'll be, uh, I guess it won't be the first Monday in September. It'll be the second Monday in September because the first Monday in September is Labor Day. So Sorry. We'll be here. Right? Yeah, we'll, we'll be, be here. We'll be in studio on Labor Day. And we'll be talking about that first guaranteed win that Bob <laughs> said. We'll, it's a lock. It will be a 30-plus pointer over Akron. Maybe more. Maybe more, Maybe he says. more. Baseball, the um, Cubs and Cardinals both off tonight. Cardinals, just when you're ready to count them out, are back to within two games of the Cubs after sweeping the Pirates. Can you play the Pirates all the time? I wish you could. Pirates, are, man, they're bad after the All-Star break. They've, they've had some struggles. Cardinals are two games back. The Brewers are two and a half back. All the teams are off today. All three of the teams, the Brewers don't play either. The Cubs play at the Phillies. Tomorrow, the Cardinals are in Kansas City. Out Air Molina will be back in the lineup. And the Brewers take on the Twins. The White Sox play tonight against the Astros on the south side. That's going to take care of things, guys. Appreciate it, Matt. Thanks, Thanks Bob. Steve. Scott Ritchie on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Thanks to Ed Bond as well for helping us uh, put the show on the air. And again, next Monday night... Monday Night Sports Talk from Scotty's Brewhouse on South Neal Street. Come out and see us. We'll be there. Have a good night, everybody.